the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Welcome in, Rob Black and everybody. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Tiger Woods is getting sued for a wrongful death. And the reason I bring this up, why? Because it's a restaurant that he owned. It's a constant reminder on a day-by-day basis when you live, you work, you're doing your best you can, you're trying to head towards retirement, but you can always get sued. It's worthy of note that it's Tiger Woods. It makes for a sensational headline. But what I'm trying to get at, once again, is that there's things that drive you towards retirement. One of them is working and saving. One of them is investing. One of them is age. But there's also another one that is that sticky, wicked thing called lawsuits and insurance. Do I think he'll be fine? I do think he'll be fine. With that said, am I positive? If it were you, I, I, I wouldn't be, actually. I myself have been sued for, quote-unquote, hitting a bicyclist once. That I actually didn't hit. And the guy came up to my car and said, hey, you hit me. I'm like, I didn't hit you. Be cautious out there. Know that retirement's kind of tricky. Know that sometimes people are trying to set you up. Know that sometimes people are trying to hurt you. I'm not saying anything like that in any way, shape, or form when it comes to Tiger Woods. I'm saying this is a constant reminder. Have the proper insurance. Out there today, we get... I want to say, for some reason, I don't know why I want to say this, and it just makes me feel like I'm a bad human being. L. President Trump is in the news yet again, right? And you're saying, L. President Trump? Oh, that's kind of the direction I'm going today. Between constructive trade talks and a beautiful letter received from President Z, the expectation that an encounter at the G20 meeting in June will be very fruitful, and the acknowledgement from Donald Trump, also known as President Trump, that he has great respect for and a great relationship with President China. The one thing that's missing here, they're gushing. We got a somewhere there's a great letter. There's a ton of love, but there's no ring on that finger. That's a missing item, right? I think uh, someone does a column called Missing Items. But the market's coming back from yesterday's collapse. We're in a better mood than we were yesterday because the headlines coming out of the U.S. and China sound yesterday kind of bitter today, kind of amicable. I swear to you, I'm not making this up. And if I try to, you say, you're making that up. I can't. It, it's it's a, she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. 25% tariff rate on an additional 300 billion of imported Chinese goods uh, from yesterday, or I guess from the weekend is the right way of saying that. But it spilled into yesterday. It, I feel like I should stop talking about it. So we get a higher start today. That raises the question of whether the early strength will be sold later in the afternoon or sustained. Sold would be, yeah, we don't really trust this. And it looks like 
both countries are going to head towards. They kind of need each other. They kind of need scratchers at others back. So both comp- both countries are going to have to buy their own back scratchers. That's not the worst thing in the world. But back scratchers are expensive, and they're not made on trees. Will we bridge over the worst? President Trump is hoping the Fed will cross that bridge, build that bridge, whatever you want to look at it, and lower interest rates. But I don't think that's going to happen. The Federal Reserve is acting very independent. And they're going out of their way to send out a lot of like press balloons to make sure that they look like they're acting very independent. So I, for the meantime, i got to assume that they will. But President Trump tweeted out yesterday that the Fed could help us out if they ever matched what China was doing and lower interest rates. <laughs> oh. He managed to insult both institutions, China and the Federal Reserve, in one stroke of the pen or one stroke of the Twitter. God, I, I wish Twitter had a better way of saying that, right? One tap of the tweet. We also saw import-export price index for April, certainly not a strong case for the interest uh, rate reduction ideas coming from the Federal Reserve. Import prices increased two-tenths of 1%. They declined one-tenth of 1% if you exclude fuel. So there's no inflation if you exclude gasoline. I will tell you my personal, because I do drive. I don't drive for a living, but I do drive. My personal is that gas is expensive, right? But no inflation out there. I'll, I'll say this. That's a pretty good thing. Inflation's a boogeyman, and the longer that we don't have that boogeyman, the better. Because unlike Jason Voorhees, unlike Sam uh, Freddy Krueger, for some reason I wanted to say Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Poor Sammy. He looks like Freddy Krueger, right? Uh, inflation really is a boogeyman. Disney's going to take full control over Hulu. That's a better story than Trump and China. Disney's going to take full control over Hulu. Comcast has option to sell its stake in five years. So Disney's going to have a full operational control over Hulu. Comcast has entered into an agreement to enforce an option to sell its 33% stake in Hulu at a valuation of at least $27.5 billion. Wow. The streaming wars are real. NBC Universal has reconsidered the pricing of its upcoming streaming service after Disney said that their Disney Plus is going to cost $6.99 a month. The streaming wars, the cutting the cable, the it's a, it's a trend, right? I've cut the cable. I've never liked the old service model of Comcast. So cutting the cable, for me, kind of meant the world. I'm not sure if that makes any sense at all to you, but... Uh, Tell them, come pick up your modem. They're like, we're not picking up your modem. You have to bring it to us. <laughs> it was one final insult, and it, it was kind of real. The FAA has reportedly didn't review crucial safety data assessments of the Boeing 737 MAX before fatal crashes. So our government's kind of not doing their job. Boeing's struggling. Boeing has big leaps to China. Disney and Comcast and Hulu, not so much. Verizon, not so much. It's worthy of note. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up Thursday in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. Going to talk retirement. Going to talk income. Going to talk about some of my favorite stock ideas right now. CFP Chad Burton will be there. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Big event coming up at the Toll House Hotel 
Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30, CFP Chad Burton will be there talking about what to do when you want to hire a professional, what working towards an income goal looks like, a retirement goal looks like. We talk a little bit of budgeting, a little bit of investing, a little bit about that emergency reserve, you know, on a regular basis, getting you to retirement, but what to do when you are in retirement. That's a pretty big cookie, so to speak. Joining me now to talk a little about this, CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. How are you, Chad? Good. I like that cookie toll house hotel. I get it. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to work it all together. Um, protecting <laughs> your loved ones, estate planning. Um, it seems like estate planning is a bigger issue today, especially if you have kids, because you and I both have children, and we're like, we want to take care of them, but we don't want to take too much care of them. Uh, estate planning, big part of retirement these days, um, especially because I think the economy is a little bit tougher. Uh, so parents have to digest that, and do we want to or do we not want to? Um, that's going to be one of your focuses, for sure, estate planning. What else are we going to be talking about Thursday evening, 630 at the Toll House Hotel? Well, um, really, how do you create a tax-efficient income stream in retirement? Because what we're doing now is we're working, and every year we're trying to say, how do I pay the least amount of taxes this year? And what can I do this year to really lower my tax bill? And sometimes that's kind of a mistake in retirement. Um, the first several years of retirement, you, you have to consider things like Roth conversions. Because let's say you retire at 65, and you're going to be smart and plan to take your Social Security at 70. Right. Um, so that you've got a five-year period before Social Security kicks in and your required minimum distributions from your IRAs kick in. And at that point, you lose control of your tax bracket. You really do. It's just tough to do anything about it. So you got this really, you know, golden period to say, how can I reduce my taxes over the long run? You get your tax brackets every year and say around November, are there any room left at these existing low brackets? I've been doing this for you know 25 years in August, and this is the lowest tax bracket that I've ever seen. Is there any room left at your existing tax bracket to take some of your money from your IRA and convert it to a Roth? There's no income limits to do that. Um, and if you're always going to be at that same tax bracket, you've done really good financial plan and long-term projections, you're kind of like, well, if I'm always going to be at that tax bracket, maybe I'll just pay some of those taxes now and put that socket away into a Roth IRA so I have a tax-free account in the future to draw from. Because in the future, you're going to need it. You're going to need higher income from inflation. You're going to need a source of tax-free money to deal with things like buying new cars, remodeling your home, things like that. Um, And there's other things you do in tax planning and retirement, too. Like once your medical costs go up because of nursing care, home health care, a lot of people spend their cash, which is just ridiculous. One of the things that you should probably look at doing is spending your IRA money so that you have enough income to write off those medical expenses. Um, so taxes get more complicated when you're retired and supposed to be enjoying life, oddly enough. But you, you know, it's actually money will last longer. What's funny about that, Chad, is I kind of have a devil may care attitude about retirement. Like it's cliche, but media kind of shows me when I watch television and movies that like. Devil may care. I'm going to spend what I want to spend in retirement. I'm going to get some Viagra. I'm going to get a second wife. I'm going to get a third wife kind of thing. Um, there's kind of a devil may care kind of angle. You have any stories about a second marriage gone wrong? Uh, maybe too much Viagra? What's in a what's in a, a, a gray divorce, so to speak? Oh, man. Okay, so the, the there's one that we're dealing with right now, and this is – this is a tough one because the um, this, this lady was a client already for a long time, and she chose to retire eight years early. 
okay. um, at 57 because she married a guy that was eight years older and already retiring with a large pension and always had a high income, so max out his Social Security. So they had a great, you know, automatic monthly income that was always coming in. They were traveling and having a, a great time. Well, he just died. Um, looked like a healthy guy, but you know, some you always hear these stories of, of the you know the heart valve just blows and right. dies suddenly. You don't know what's going on, and this is exactly what happened. And so, since it was his second marriage, and he'd had a pension for quite a while, she still gets some of the pension. It's going to be about half of what he was getting, and then her Social Security check's going to go away. He's she's going to keep his. Her, there, the income is drastically cut. It's cut by more than half in this in this situation. Huh? So she chose to give up eight years of her highest earnings to retire early and be with somebody that now has passed away, and that automatically oh. income has been cut in half. So basically, the way the estate plan was set up, too, is that now they're selling the Bay Area home, but half of that home goes to his kids. So she's only getting half of that, and she's having to relocate out of the state um, to be able to maintain that same lifestyle. So the lifestyle drastically different. Basically, she ignored when they got married, and we talked about this, is that one of those main pillars, I've got 10 pillars of retirement income planning, protecting your surviving spouse is right. a, is a big one that people really need to focus on, especially if it's second marriage or there's a major age difference, you're planning for the younger person to live till 100, not the older person. Exactly what my dad did. Died 25 years ago. My mom's still alive. So there's the big imbalance sometimes, especially if uh, one kicks over dead early on. Your favorite pillar is is tied towards protecting the spouse, which a lot of people, my dad didn't even let my mom see her tax returns. He just said, sign it. How common or... Uh, how often do you see the fact that one person is completely in the dark versus not in the dark and knowing about that, you know, pillar of retirement, you know, providing for the surviving spouse? No, it did, we see it quite a bit and we're always trying to get both spouses to attend meetings. And there's some situations where, you know, we get one spouse, maybe one out of every four meetings. And that's, okay. that's, that's tough. It's, it is. I mean, is surviving, planning for the surviving spouse. I don't know if that's my favorite pillar. The favorite pillar that I have, going into retirement planning that, you know, you've probably are sick of hearing me say since 1999 when we've been doing radio together, but it's worked through two major market corrections. And that's always rebalancing your portfolio and maintaining the proper cash in retirement. Oh, that's boring. We talk about how to do that. What's that? <laughs> that's boring. But how do you maintain the proper cash and rebalance the portfolio? We got about one minute. <laughs> Well, you, you, you first have to do a very careful retirement planning projection and know what your portfolio draw is. So you have to know what your expenses are, but then some of your expenses are covered by things like Social Security and other income. So what is your portfolio draw rate? You need three years' worth of that in cash between your IRA accounts and regular accounts. And you rebalancing your portfolio happens in a couple of different ways. You rebalance peel growth to replenish your cash, but you also look at inside your portfolio and rebalance based on equity size and style. So small cap, large cap, mid cap, international emerging markets, but value and growth. So that kind of rebalancing, you're actually more active in your retirement planning when it comes to rebalancing than you are when you're just saving and just socking money away into stocks. You're the best. It's Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar Thursday in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 6.30 Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I took a class in college on philosophy. It's actually called business ethics. And Socrates, he played for the Lakers once, Socrates Johnson. Socrates once said that complacency or apathy is the worst when you're doing business. You never want to be apathetic. And yet the stock market's kind of become apathetic recently. Joining me now to talk a little about it, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Briefing.com is a source that I start my day every day with, page one. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. Market's a little apathetic, right? Um, so or boring or, or it doesn't care or doesn't, yeah, it doesn't care about the Trump trade war. And then suddenly it does ah, care about yeah. the trade war. Um, you know, I, I think it's starting to care actually. I think it, it I think that that word might've been more apropos uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, you had a market that was pretty much on autopilot, uh, underpinned by this um, dual expectation, you know, that the Fed was going to continue to be as dovish-minded as one might think, and uh, and this idea that uh, the U.S. and China were certainly going to work out a trade agreement and that you'd see the lifting of tariffs and ultimately uh, better growth as a result and higher earnings growth uh, following out of that. Um, but, you know, more recent developments have suggested that maybe that trade deal uh, is not going to come to fruition like the market envisioned. And so I think you've seen a little bit more volatility now creep into the market as, um, you know, investors have had to contemplate this idea that, uh, you know, one, that they've gotten ahead of themselves in thinking a trade deal is going to get done, and two, that they've gotten ahead of themselves in pricing in higher earnings growth in the back half of the year to justify this multiple expansion we've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. Where do you think we're going in the sense that free trade is kind of a Republican notion, and then we get into this, this isn't free trade, there's tariffs on top of everything that we're doing in business. Maybe we do go more free trade and go to other countries. Where do we go with this whole China standoff? If you were to make a guess or an assumption or a presumption, you tell me, where do we go with this? Well, I think, um, you know, a lot has to do with, uh, you know, who's in the Oval Office, you know, and think that um, uh, we take this probably to the brink, you know, up until, uh, uh, you know, re-election time. And uh, that's why you know, I think the market's starting to sense here that, um, you know, the president can kind of play both sides of this in terms of taking a tough-minded position uh, and or, you know, not wanting, you know, the stock market to, to crater and the economic the economy to fall um, or to slow markedly and therefore maybe perhaps making some kind of deal that, you know, can be sold, you know, as a good deal on paper. But, you know, when you read between the lines, maybe it's not as big of a, a deal as it had been made out to be. So it's really tough to kind of get your mind around that. Uh, and, that and that uncertainty that's being generated by all this is why you've got this, you know, increased volatility now. Because, frankly, you know, the market doesn't really know what to think, doesn't really know what to know about uh, how this is going to get resolved and when and what the repercussions of that are going to be. Should I just be childish and take my ball and go home and say I'm going to own things like Verizon or Comcast, things that are based in the United States that don't really have that international exposure? 
or should the average person out there who's got 10, 20, 30 years till retirement stay the course? Should we change and, and be domesticated per se? Right. I think, well, I think, you know, you kind of just touched on, like, if you've got 10, 20, 30 years of retirement, you know, just, I don't think you need to get carried away by doing anything major here. I mean, you're still going to want that growth component in your investment portfolio, and that's, you know, you know, risk assets like stocks and growth stocks that, you know, you might find in the technology sector, which, you know, isn't doing so well in the very near term here because of this. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest making any major changes if you have that type of time horizon. You know, if you're looking out over the next, the remainder of this year, you know, maybe 12, 12 month time horizon. Yeah, you know, it probably does make sense to get a little more defensive in here. You know, we said in our market view update, um, you know, several weeks ago, uh, I think the S&P 500 was up about 13% year to date at that time. And uh, here we are up, you know, 13.1% uh, year to date as we speak. And, you know, at that time, you know, we suggested really that, you know, the market had such a huge run off that December low and had done so well to begin 2019 that it wasn't, you know, out of the, you know, out of the realm of, you know, good reason to think that the, the, quote, easy money had probably already been made in that move. And so that, you know, we didn't think that, you know, the market was going to, you know, fall apart at that time. We were just, you know, advocating for a little bit more of a, um, a prudent approach to this market and perhaps, you know, trimming some of those big winners or maybe taking a little bit more of a defensive-minded stance, knowing that, you had a market uh, driven by multiple expansion and a hope that earnings estimates were going to go up without actually seeing them go up. And also, given that there was a lot of pent-up optimism, obviously, surrounding this trade situation, which we're now seeing now and talking about today as something that uh, has, a, has a much thicker layer of uncertainty uh, in it, uh, which, you know, again, is going to make the sledding a little more challenging here as we, um, you know, proceed over the summer months. You and I, for a living, have to talk about some of the headlines, some of the big strategies, some of the big business ideas out there. I would like nothing more than to stop talking about U.S.-China trade war. (laughs) Are there any other stories going on right now? Is, Is there anything else I should be focusing on? (laughs) <laughs> well, there's always the Fed, right? You know, I mean, those seems to be the, the two uh, popular topics, and I think a lot of people would like just to be done talking about the Fed as well. Um, you know, I think maybe probably, you know, one of the, the, the storylines, though, that, you know, you keep, keep watch of and keep talking about is, is, is the resilience of the U.S. consumer. Right. Okay. Um, that that's a really important storyline here because, um, it, you know, we can kind of afford to kind of still take this this tough minded view or, or stance on trade with China uh, if if the U.S. economy continues to hold up well and you know consumer spending accounts for close to 70% of GDP. And, you know, you obviously have a, a good labor market right now. You've got, you know, rising wages. Consumer confidence is relatively high. You know, these factors all bode well for, you know, continued strength and consumer spending. And so if you start seeing that drop off, you know, the narrative is going to change a little bit. And, uh, and I think the market's going to get a little bit more concerned about, you know, uh, this economic slowdown that might be coming and that might have been foreshadowed by the flattening yield curve that we've been seeing. And so uh, a really important dynamic. But at this juncture, you know, the consumer looks to be still in pretty good shape. uh, And that is, you know, underpinning the U.S. economy in in a good way. So stealing a page from Game of Thrones, 
and Dracaris and fire everywhere and things like that. The market's got a little scorched in the past couple of trading sessions. Today, it's a little bit better. Should we hide in things like gold or what's your thoughts on gold or Bitcoin as far as safety, as far as, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I chuckle, you know, it's in terms of seeing, hearing Bitcoin referred to as something that's, you know, a safety Safe vehicle, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think maybe you just want to just go straight on to the to cash, the U.S. dollar, right? If you're going to really play it safe, uh, you know, at this okay. point in time. But but overall, you know, like I said, you know, maybe get a little bit more defensive mind in some of these lower beta names. They're going to be less volatile that you might find in those counter cyclical sectors uh, and just kind of, you know, let the dust settle around here uh, for a market that's obviously had a really great start to the year and, and is now coming to grips with the idea that, you know, some of its grand ambitions might not um, might not uh, live up to the snuff. I was listening to CNBC on my drive home yesterday, and something one of the market commentators said was, well, the market valuation is now lower. And I, I get what he said. That's a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing, but I'm going to let you play with that. Corrections are normal and healthy kind of angle. Well, that's right. You know, um, and and obviously we've seen market rates come down too, while stocks have had a you know a little problem here since early May. So you've got lower rates, uh, which you know Warren Buffett said you know a week or so ago. You know, if that remains the case, then you're looking at stocks here that look you know incredibly cheap. So uh, that's that's another factor that kind of kind of sort of creates this underlying you know layer of support perhaps for the stock market as it as it. You know, goes into a corrective mode if that's what we're in. Um, you know, but yeah, multiples have compressed a little bit, and uh, you know, not egregious. We're kind of probably in that fair valuation zone really right now, given what we know and and what we hope. So uh, again, you know, kind of lends itself to a market that might chop around here uh, for a bit, and and that we wouldn't necessarily advocate, you know, chasing with a, a great deal of aggression at this point. Mm-hmm. We've got a little bit less than a minute. Any thoughts, ideas that you're working on that's you want to promote, push out, get into our heads? Well, you know, I wish I could not talk about trade, like you said. I mean, that's probably going to be in the mix here. Um, sure. But again, you know, we have a retail sales report for April coming out. Uh, to, uh, tomorrow that uh, needs to be closely watched, and again, as it kind of comes back around to what we were talking about with the, with the consumer, that's going to be an important data point as it um, uh, as it relates to uh, where the consumer is at this point in the cycle, and uh, you know maybe there's something to be said around that for this week's big picture column. Thanks for your help today. As always, it helps us get through the market. Knowing an expert has eyeballs on the market, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. It's a great source of both domestic and international news. Uh, One of my favorite things to do is start my day with his column. But another little thing is to read the play-by-play that goes on throughout the day with the analysts and the markets. It's called InPlay at Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me at robblackshow.com. Big event coming up right around the corner. Thursday in Los Gatos at Toll House Hotel. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hello and welcome back in. Mateys, you know, the show is called Rob Black and Your Money. You know, the proper nickname for you is, right? Blackheads. Anyone who's a fan of the show is a blackhead. Sponsored by Clearasil. Black. Walmart just upped the stakes in the shipping wars with its latest offering. Free 
next day delivery with no membership fee. I don't know. Is that uh, okay? So I have to admit that I get I have a Walmart package in front of my house. My neighbors might see it. My home value might go. No, no, that's that's actually that's actually a win 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 right. Shoppers at Walmart.com can access next day delivery by a standalone function where they can browse up to 220,000 of the most commonly purchased items. Stop and think about that for uno momentero. I know you're saying, I don't speak Spanish. What does uno momentero mean? 220,000 items? That's something I love about Walmart. Like, if I'm a puppy, you know how puppies kind of like clean themselves and lick themselves, and like if if they like you, they'll do that to you? That kind of makes me want to lick myself. 220,000 products next day free. No membership fee. So there's a couple Christmases. Christmas eyes. Christmas X's. Christmas seasons. There's a couple times that in my past that I may have drank a little too much during the holiday season. And last second, I'm like, let's get some gifts for people I actually care about. And I do. And once or twice, I've had to go to Walmart or Target because Amazon didn't have 220,000 items, millions and millions of items, I, and I couldn't find what I needed. I know you're saying, what if you need some bounty paper towels, the quicker picker-upper? Who was that that crazy woman who would spill things? Was it Marge or something like that? She's like, oh, look at that. Like, she spills like coffee and like, oh, it picks it right up. Rosie, Rosie, not Marge. I hate Rosie. I hate everything about Rosie. Rosie haunts my dreams. But the bounty clicker picker up or later. If you ever need bounty now, you can get it next day from Amazon. You can get it next day from Walmart. How great is life? How great is life? Anything that you consume, you could have in the next day. Now, there's that begs the question do we need bounty, the clicker picker up, or in Rosie? Or do we just need the Walmart brand of paper towels? Or do we need the Target brand of paper towels? Or do we need the Costco brand of towels? Uh, I like going to Costco's on Fridays. It's my gas day. I know you're saying, I don't really want to hear about your beef and bean burritos. I fill up every Friday at Costco because the gas is cheaper. It's the quicker picker-upper or the quicker filler-upper. I should I should act like Rosie and uh, spill stuff and just wipe it up. And that'll be my life. But if you need dog food, diapers, wipes, lunch plates, uh, anything you need now, next day delivery. America is great. Do you think they have that in Istanbul? I doubt it. How about Constantinople? I doubt that. But maybe one day Istanbul will get it and Constantinople will never get it. Disney's going to take full operational control over Hulu. Hulu, Hulu. Um, the cord cutting thing's a very real thing. And I've got two boys, and they're a great investment lesson. Peter Lynch once saw his kids go to the mall, and he watched every store they went in, and he basically bought shares of that company. Take a look at your kids. My kids aren't watching TV right now, getting ready for school. My kids are watching YouTube. My kids are playing the Nintendo Switch or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Watch your kids, and that's how you invest. And I feel like I'd be a bad parent if I ever put my kid with a Google Pixel phone. So he has to get Apple phones one day, but not yet. My kid the other day helped buy his mom an Apple phone for her Mother's Day, and I made him ask all the questions. And he's like, let's buy her a phone for $100. But good luck with that. But he asked a great question inside the Apple store. He said, Apple store guy, uh, how much is everything worth in here? And the guy stopped for a second and goes, I said, let me guess. I said, $800,000? He said, easily. 
So if you ever want to rob a store, I learned that the one to rob is Apple. Or maybe what I'm trying to say, it's kind of like a luxury item that we feel we must have. Cisco is a big tech stock. Big tech stocks right now have some very low risk to China because China likes to control what comes into their country and what goes out of their country. So as an investor, you should be thinking, okay, let's kill these China headlines, squash them, and maybe we start thinking about things that have relatively low exposure to China. Apple has tons of exposure to China, both good and bad. You know what's interesting about Apple? They employ a lot of people in China. The manufacturing employs a lot of people. This is like the hot tech item. This is the hot item that everyone wants to own. Apple phone, Apple AirPods, Apple chargers, Apple whatever, right? So Apple kind of has that going in their favor. Boeing, not so much. Boeing's like, we have secrets in China. You're not going to get them. We're going to manufacture where we want to manufacture, but we'd love to sell you planes because we know you have billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of people. So try to figure out these angles. Like, I'm not concerned about Apple. Boeing, I think, goes lower. I don't want to touch Boeing. I do, though, when the trade war is over and someone sings the morning after, like the Poseidon Adventure. It's the morning after. Anytime there's a disaster film, the, the movie ends with the morning after in my head. There's another day, right? Cisco, very low exposure to China. Big event coming up Thursday night in Los Gatos, California. That's just right around the corner. Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite stocks, some of the stocks that I've bought in last year, some of the stocks that I'll be selling, some of the stocks I'll be trading. I can give you a, a big name that I'm going to be trading. It rhymes with Uber. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.